Thank you, Nathan. Appreciate that. Amen. What a good word. Well, can I tell you, I am the freest this morning that I maybe have ever been in my whole life. I hope you can be that way too. I mean, uh, I'm just the freest and I'm going to share with you a passage of scripture uh, and talk about the word of the Lord. So would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians? And uh, we're going to be in Corinthians for a little while. I don't know how long, but uh, it's amazing to me how wonderful this text is to me this morning. And so I'm going to read a little bit. Uh, I don't know how much. Uh, Let's just kind of get started somewhere. Maybe uh, Maybe verse 15 is where we'll start. Uh, that's a long way back. <laughs> okay. This I was sure of. I wanted to come see you at first so that you might have a double favor. That's Paul saying, I want to come visit you in Corinth. He said in chapter 16, I'm going to come and see you. In fact, I'd like to stay for a little while. I may even stay over the winter. But he never showed up. And the Corinthians got mad at him because uh, they felt like you speak out of both sides of your mouth. Sometimes you say yes and you mean no, and sometimes you say no and you mean yes, man. We don't know if we can trust you or not. And so the, I, I'm, I guess I'm not going to read the rest of the text. So what happened was there, there began to be a relationship problem between Paul and the Corinthian church. And, and so I thought as I began to study this book and, and, and preach it last week, I thought, wait a minute, this book is about relationships. So in the front of my Bible, I have a little kind of a little introduction to, the, to that book, just a little introduction. And the first line, the first word of the introduction said, relations between Paul and the Corinthian church had deteriorated during the period after 1 Corinthians was written. So it's about relationships. Paul had written them a letter, kind of called them out on some stuff. And then he wrote evidently a second letter that we don't have a copy of, but there's some reference to it. By the time we get to this point, He's having some relationship difficulties. And uh, most of you know that, and I'm not going to make this sermon about me, but it is about me uh, and about you and about us. Relationships are the most important thing in the world to me. Outside of my relationship with Jesus, which is a relationship, relationship with people are the most important thing in the world. People laugh at me. They make fun of me because I pat people on the back and I hit them on the elbow and I, I hug them and I talk to them and I wear them out. You know, relationships are hugely important to me. And, uh, and so this, this text just became, it's like a gold mine to me this morning. I pray it will be for you too. Because I know in this season and all that we've been through, man, we have watched relationships. Some have greatly improved and some have gotten more difficult. <clears throat> and I've, I have a word for the Lord, from the Lord this morning. Do you know when you look at God's word and when you read God's word, he's going to show up and speak to us every time. He's going to show up in His Word today, and He's going to speak to us, and we're going to honor and bless Him for what He teaches us in this process. And the challenge is that we will take this Word and go away and make some changes. Okay, let's do that together. So, if, you, if, you, if you'll bear with me, I'm just going to read the text in a minute, but I'm just going to continue to walk through the text a little bit. So, it's a book about relationships early on. In fact, the first seven chapters all the way through verse 16 of chapter 7 is really about Paul trying to get on the same page with his people. If you remember last week, I said there, there are four or five strains in relationships that he pointed out. One he called afflictions, which is just a rub. 
You ever get in a situation with somebody where it's just kind of a rough rub? It's just, it's not, not completely separated, but there's, a, there's kind of a tension and a rub there. The other word he was used was a word of suffering, which basically meant, I can see where this is going. You ever have a relationship where you say, man, I see where this is going. I can see the end result. And that's not a very good place to be in a relationship. Sometimes in marriage relationships, uh, one person's completely off the page and done before the other one either realizes it. You know that. Uh, they call it, he's off the cliff. She doesn't know it, but he's off the cliff. Or she's off the cliff. So there's a, there's a point sometimes in relationships where you, get, you, just, you feel like, man, I can see where this is going. I know. I can tell by the tone. I can tell by the feel of it. I know. So that's part of the relationship difficulty there, you see. And, and then the other word he uses, he says, it's just so heavy for me. There's nothing I can do about it. It's a, it's a load on me, and I can't fix it. It's heavier than I can bear. And the last one he used down when Paul's giving his own example, he said, I, there's no way out. I don't see a way out in this relationship. It is, it is troublesome. It is difficult. It is a problem. And so, and so uh, you know, Paul's defining how difficult relationships can be. It'd be good for you this morning in, in church on Sunday morning to let the Word of the Lord uh, speak to you about some difficult relationships in your life. Now, if you want to be one of those guys or girls that sits there and says, well, I ain't got difficult with anybody. Well, okay, that, I hope that's true, but my guess is there's some areas of difficulty in our relationships, man. And he wants to address that today. And, and again, I would tell you, it's amazing to me what happens in, in the story here is, uh, is that uh, Paul says, I really wanted to come see you guys, as I alluded to earlier. I really wanted to come see you, but he didn't show up. He knows why he didn't show up. But they get bent out of shape, and down in the middle of verses 16, 17, 18, all that, they said, you're like one of those guys that say no, and you mean yes, and you say yes, and you mean no. We don't know. One time, one day, you say yes. The next day, you say no. We can't tell if you mean what you say because you said you're going to do it, and you didn't do it. There's a difference between what you say and what you do. And so our, we're in a tough place with you, man. And, uh, and Paul feels that, and he knows that. And, and so he promises that Jesus... Can I promise you this morning that Jesus can make a diff difference in the most difficult relationships of your life? I don't know who you might, might come to your mind when you think about that. I hope somebody does. Because if it does, this word has a chance of speaking to you. Jesus can make a difference in the most difficult relationship of your life. If it's in your home, if it's at the workplace, if it's one of the kids, if it's one of the grandkids, I don't know. I don't know who it might be. But Jesus can make a difference in the most difficult relationship of your life. That's really what this book begins to unfold all about through right through here. And Well, really, I want to get down to verse 21. And uh, this is what I love. I, I love verse 21. And uh, I'm going to just try my best to share it and get you home to your Father's Day lunch. <laughs> in better relationship than you were before you came. Man, would you, would you open a place in your heart to believe that that relationship that you know is difficult could be better? Would you just open a crack for the Word of God to minister to you in a way that said that could be better? So Paul has kind of been wrestling around with them. We get down to verse 21. And 21, just he says, But it is God who establishes us with you in Christ, God establishes relationships between people. It is God who establishes us 
with you in Christ. Now, this is a, listen, guys, <laughs> I'm not preaching today there's some kind of magic out there outside of Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus is the one, come on, guys, Jesus is the one who makes difference in difficult relationships. Go on out and be a good guy and say, I'm going to do better, and she'll be just as ugly as ever, and you won't make any headway. Jesus is the one who makes difference in relationships. So here's Paul saying, this is what God will do. God will establish us in a relationship with Christ. All week long I've been drawing stick men. Stick man over here and stick man over here and a line between them. And said, so Jesus is not only the Lord of this stick man, he's not only the Lord of this stick man, he's the Lord of the relationship between the two. He's the Lord of the relationship. See, I get in this problem where I feel like if I nurture it, I can make it work. And I've nurtured some that didn't work, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I've tried. I feel like I've tried. And there's others who've tried with me, and I didn't respond very well. And so I've got to somehow say, the Lord's not only my Lord, and He's not only your Lord, but in some mysterious, wonderful way, He establishes, He strengthens, He makes it solid enough that you can walk on it. There's a way the word means, the relationship. So He's working on a relationship. You know, I began to get some Nathan Curry freedom in that. This is how it feels to be free. That, if he's working on I mean, what's between me and Barry? Sure, I'm responsible. i got to love Barry. Like Barry's got to love me. But there is a reality of God at work in the middle of that relationship. And if he falls off the page, and i got to leave that to God. If I need to love him in a different way, he'll show me that. So I'm, I'm talking about relationships today, and I'm so excited about relationships today. So I got to thinking about that. I'll make a little bit of application from the Old Testament. Sometime this week, if you get a chance, go back to Genesis chapter 13 and read the story about Abraham and Lot. You remember Abraham's leaving his home turf and he takes his wife and he takes his, his nephew Lot with him and they make the journey into the promised land and they get there and God blesses them. Man, Abraham and Lot both got more cattle and sheep or whatever they've got than you can pop. There's just not room for everything they've got. And Lot begins to get a little bit miffed along with all the guys that work for him. And In fact, I love one of the Bible commentators says Lot begins to operate out of an injured spirit. And the Lord said to me, you've spent your whole life acting like you've injured. You had an upbring a rough upbringing. Your dad was an alcoholic. You lived in the projects. And you developed this injured mentality. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'm not going to spend too much time on me. But I'm telling you, when you are an injured person or you accept an injured perspective, accept an injured perspective, you know how difficult relationships are? All they got to do is look at you cross-eyed. Well, you're injured again. Come on. Come on, guys. I'm talking to you and me. I'm talking about us. People that somewhere along the way, just think about you. Think about you and your life and where you decided, well, I got hurt right there. You know, people got hurt in something. They won't ever touch it again. I got hurt. Man. I, this happened. That happened. So-and-so said something to me. And Man, living out of injury, it's like having a big... Cut this big sore on your arm right here, and somebody walk, they just walk by and touch it, and you go, oh, you know. And I'm telling you, hey, we're living in a season where everybody's a victim. You know that? We're in the victim season right now. Do you know that in our country? We're in a victim season. If you're white, if you're an old white man, you're a victim. If you're a young black man, you're a victim. If you're a, if you're a competitive female, you're a victim. If you're a man wanting to compete in the female category, everybody's a victim, you know, and so. Uh, so Paul is so contemporary when he says, 
man, here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to understand it's God that establishes relationships. He's in the middle of that whole mess. He's right in the middle of the whole mess. And so here's, here's, here's uh, Abraham and here's Lot. And uh, Lot's already, he's nursed his wounds. His, his herdsmen have been whining a little bit. And he's starting to feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick. By the way, I've always gotten the short end of the stick. I want you guys to come along. I want you to confess the injury you feel. I want you to begin to recognize how much you carry the hurt and the brokenness and what maybe your daddy did to you on Father's Day. Maybe a girlfriend, maybe a husband, maybe a broken relationship. I don't know, but I got injured. Maybe it was in the classroom when you were in the eighth grade. I don't know. Injured. I've been injured, man. I've been injured. And so you walk around injured the rest of your life. Man. So here's Abraham and Lot, and they're standing there, and, and uh, you know the story. It's a, it's a magnificent story. So Lot's been complaining a little bit, and Abraham said, this is not a big problem, man. Hey, it's not a big problem. He said, look to your left and look to your right. Down there's a beautiful Jordan Valley watered fields. They said 150 miles of it, literally 150 miles of fertile crescent, beautiful area. Here's the old rocky, sandy area to the right. Abraham said, just listen. Only an uninjured man can say this. Take whichever one you want. Only somebody that hadn't been hurt so badly that they're carrying that hurt around can say, take whichever one you want. Abraham looked at his nephew and said, it's okay. (laughs) You know, somebody came to George Washington Carver, the great uh, black scientist, And uh, he was in the middle of teaching a class and said, hey, you've just lost everything you got. He said, it's okay. He just went back to teaching. When he was a young man, he went in to uh, apply to a number of universities. It wouldn't take him because he's black. Later in life, somebody said, what what are those universities wouldn't accept you? He said, ah, it don't matter. Let's don't waste our time on that. Because people that are injured can't live like that. Abraham says... Hey, you just go wherever you want to go. Take whatever, whichever side you take, I'll take the other side. Wow, wow. And so I began to see the Apostle Paul in this passage with these guys, and, and he recognized the struggle and the difficulty in the relationship, in the relationship right here. And he says, God can establish. Listen, I wish you to have hope today beyond all hope that God in Christ Jesus, not outside of Jesus, but with Jesus, God can establish some relationships that have been very, very difficult for us. He can do it, man. I don't know who it is, but he's the one establishes it. He can establish the relationship. Just hey, we can get to the point where we don't operate like injured people. If you'd like that to happen for you, would you mind to just say, Amen, I'm in for that. Amen. I don't want to be an injured person. How many times can you tell yourself that same old story? Don't you want to pull that tape out and say, I'm throwing that one away, man. Jesus, please get me off of my injury and help me to say to my brothers and sisters, take whatever you want, it's okay. Wow, what a passage. And so, you know, they're wrestling around. It's a relationship difficulty. And Paul says, I want you to know that it's God who in Christ establishes us in relationship. And then he says, he gives us four little clues right there kind of quickly. I, it won't take me long to preach because I got busy this morning wishing everybody a happy birthday. And I, a happy birthday. Happy Father's Day. And 
I don't, I've just got my notes up here. They're perfect too, man. They're perfect. It's hard to miss them if you, you know, it's hard to mess up if you don't have your notes in front of you. You say, I missed a point. Well, I didn't know there's a point there, so it's good. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so, he's establishing this relationship. He says, I want to do it with this. First of all, I want to tell you one more time, it's in Jesus. So just give up trying to fix a relationship without Jesus, because he is the master of relationships. Did you know that? Did you know relationships began with God? Before, because the world, before the world was ever created, God existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He had this relationship going on before the world ever began. And he created us because he desires us to have that relationship with him and that kind of relationship with one another. He's all about relationships, so don't think you can do it without him because you can't. Anyway, so he gets to the point. He says, God establishes relationships, and this is what he's done. He's anointed us by putting his seal on us and giving his, us his spirit in our hearts as a first installment. Three things, I think, real quick. Maybe four. I can't count real well. But first of all, he said he anointed you. I love that. You know, I, I really, I had to re-look that word up because there's a lot of talk about anointing and I'm not always sure exactly what that means. Do you know what it really means? Put his hand on you. Put his hand on you. Now, it was, it was, it was with oil. It meant to rub. That's what I've been doing to a bunch of you guys. You know, just rub on you. I, I realized Michelle Marlin came up and greeted me. And she started headed back down the aisle before I realized I reached around like that not hit her, but hit her on the leg. Thank goodness she's gone by because my wife says I'm not supposed to hit women on the legs, you know. But and so anointing God puts his hands on us, man. But it's with oil to indicate that you are his chosen one. He puts his oil on you. What happens in well, through Christ Jesus, God anoints you. He puts his hand on, he bestows his his presence and his pleasure on you and says you you know literally you're mine i've anointed you for this purpose it's not like he drips all out of heaven he puts his hand on you man you're going to get anointed it's because god's hands on you would you change your idea of anointing said here lord anoint me jesus that's the way it comes i love that secondarily he said he, he's going to give he's going to put his seal on you well Growing up in this generation like you, seal means to put the lid on, tie so nothing can get out. That's not what it means at all. You probably already know. It's, it's like what the seal means in the New Testament is it's, it's a sign of ownership. You know, it's like the, uh, it's like the brand that, a, that an 18th century or 17th, 19th century farmer would put on a cow and say, that's my cow. You know what God's going to do? He's going, he's, going, he's going to put his ownership on you so you know that you belong to him. He's going to put on all, he's literally going to come and his hand's going to be on us and he's going to put a seal of his ownership on us and say, you don't have to worry about that. You belong to me. You belong to me. And by the way, this relationship belongs to me. I'm the Lord of the relationship. My seal's on that, man. It belongs to me. I'm the owner of this whole thing. Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm in a season where I've had to learn that. I've had some precious people to me that are no longer at our church. Some of them have chosen. I don't, some of them will never be back unless something changes. And relationship-wise, man, that's a heartbreaker unless the Lord says, you know what? I'm the Lord of that relationship. I'm the Lord. I've put my hand on that. And guess what? I'll put my seal of ownership on both of you. I'll take care of them. I'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about that. Thanks be to God. I love that. I love that. 
I love that. So he says, I'm, I'm the one who establishes relationships. I will put my hand of anointing on you. I will put a seal of ownership on you so I, you belong to me and I belong to you. And lastly, he says, I'm going to give you a little down payment. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little down payment. In fact, some of your versions say, mine says I'm going to give you first installment. That's terrible. Some say, I'm going to give you a guarantee. But the guarantee, the, the down payment is such an interesting word. I'm, I, want, I want to stretch that just a minute so I can get something out of it. The down payment that's being talked about, the Greek word is Arabon. It means uh, a down payment. But we think about, I remember the days when I was pastoring Trinity and it, it burned in 92. And uh, we were quickly aware that uh, we weren't going to stay there. And so we kind of went over to Cane Run Elementary and met, and met and did a few things. We put the building up for sale. I don't remember the price, Dave Lobwood, maybe $200,000. And I have all these preachers, <laughs> preachers are worse, said, we'd like to give you $1,000 down and pay you $200 a week. I'm thinking, what are you talking? That's not much of a down payment. Do you know that? This New Testament word is a word for a huge down payment. Man, I'm talking about, you're going to buy a $100,000 house and you say, I'm going to put $75,000 down. I'm saying, okay, I'm, that's a deal. We're going to roll with it. This word means... You, you, the huge down payment that you're going to get is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do you know what a huge... You think the Lord's going to give me a little help. No, He's not going to give you a little help. He's going to give you a huge guaranteeing first installment down payment of the Spirit of God Himself to live in you to make that a different relationship. I don't know what kind of down payment you've had before, but you need a big down payment, and He is a big down payment. All God's people said, man, I believe that. I want that. I need that. When I go back into my world, I need, I need the touch of the Lord and His oil smeared all over me. That's what it meant. I need the seal that says I belong to Him. And I need a down payment so big that I'm sure the rest of the deal is coming. You know, thanks be to God. All of that is ours in Christ Jesus. Oh my goodness. Well, it's all about relationships. You get to the end of it. Look at the next. I want to read the next couple of verses. And then uh, I'm not going to preach longer. So, But I call on God as witness against me. He says to the Corinthians, It was to spare you that I did not come to Corinth. I don't mean, I don't mean to imply that we were going to lord over in your faith. We, now listen, to this, I love this phrase. Think about the people in your life and my life. I've been thinking about people in my life this way. I started, I started studying this passage the week before I went to district assembly. I got to district assembly and the Lord just kept using things to keep drilling at home. The general superintendent spoke. He didn't speak on that passage, but the Lord's still working on me. And uh, one of the young men working a booth there, Elijah Friedman, uh, he and I had a great encounter together. And the Lord just kept ministering to me and, and he just kept getting the message through to me. And, and here's what he says. I do not mean, I'm not going to have to lord it over anybody. This is how it feels to be free. I don't have to lower it over anybody. Instead, he says, we are workers with you for your joy. <laughs> you know what my job is? To be a worker with you for your joy. Only an Abraham can do that for Lot. Somebody who's carrying around the injury of everything that ever went wrong, and you've got them on a short list, and you can recite them. And they impact every moment of your day and every relationship of your life. 
somebody steps on your toe and it's like they broke your whole leg. Come on, you know what I mean? Really. Really wasn't that much, but it feels like it because my injury is so deep that it just doesn't take much to hurt me again. Maybe God through Christ Jesus would like to heal that relationship through Jesus and restore that relationship with Him in such a marvelous way that instead He'd begin to spread the, the oil of His presence on you. He'd anoint you. Instead of that, he, would, he literally would put His seal on you and say, you belong to me. You don't have to worry about that. And lastly, He would give you this huge down payment of the Spirit of God Himself to live in your life and say, I'm going to give you all the resources you need to deal with the people in your life and literally to be a, become a source whereby their joy may be increased. Amen. Wow. Wow. Who are the difficult people in your life? Who are they? Are they difficult because of who they are or are they partially difficult because of the injury you feel? Are they really the problem or am I to some degree uh, I'm a little bit of the problem? probably a whole lot of the problem. Because when you nurture an injury, everything injures you. Retell the old story. Well, I grew up in church and my mom drugged me to church. So I'm not going back to church. Well, no wonder you're nursing that injury forever. You know, that's just the first one that comes to mind. What injury are you nursing? What hurt have you not forgotten? What hurt have you not given over to Jesus and say, Lord, I really need you to heal this thing because it's breaking me up in all kinds of other ways and I'm having difficulty living in relationship with people because of all the injury that I have felt and feel. And uh, in Christ Jesus, we can have different relationships. Think about the crowd that gets on your last nerves. Do you know in Jesus you can have a difficult, different relationship with them? Think about your family members. One or two of them is hard to live with, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe more than that. Do you know part of our injury and carrying that injury and not letting Jesus take care of that is part of the reason why we have difficulty having a relationship with them? So Paul said, you know what God does? He establishes the relationship. He anoints you with oil, puts his seal on and says, you belong to me. And he gives you a huge installment. Wouldn't you like to go out of here this morning knowing I've got a huge installment toward having better relationships with so-and-so in my life. The Spirit has moved in such a glorious way on His Word. Listen, this is, see, that's what the Word here is for. The Spirit, is, the Spirit has moved on His Word in such a huge way that I go out of here filled up just about up to here with the fact that I believe I can have a better relationship with whoever it is because of Jesus. Yeah. That's it. In fact, Carol and I can be workers together for her joy. Daryl and I can be workers together for his joy. Greg and I can be workers together for Greg's joy. Man, I love that. The word of the Lord is a great gift. 
Spirit anoints it to say, this is the truth about God. God has ability. He's a relational God. His ability to soul heal us, that He can help us in relationships. We thank you for that, Father. We bless you for that. It's amazing. It's amazing what you've done. We magnify your name because what you are able to do in relationships. We've seen it. Haven't we seen it? We've seen it. And I come before you saying, I need you to do that in me. I bring before you some injury that I've been carrying. I want you to straighten it out so I can live not lording over people, but I can be free and be worker together with you for your joy. <laughs> I can't imagine. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray before we go. I'd invite you to the altar this morning if you'd like to come and pray. If you'd like to bring an injury and just present it to the Lord. If you'd like to bring a specific relationship that you want Him to begin to heal today. If you just need the fresh installment, if you need a huge down payment of the Spirit of God upon your heart and life today so you can walk differently, just want to invite you to come and pray in response to the Word. We'll give you a little time. You see, if we don't make application of what we hear from the Word of the Lord, then we miss a great opportunity. Oh, man, Jonathan Edwards said, your soul does two things. It has the ability to accept the data that comes in, and then secondarily, it gives you the resources to respond to it. I think the word of the Lord has been pretty straight from the text this morning. Now may His Spirit and may your soul give you the grace to respond to it. I'd love to invite you to come and kneel. Man. The Lord does great things through His Word. We believe that with all our hearts. Give you a second more. Don't want you to be bound up by the by the injuries. Man, the injuries. They get in our way. We like to be Abraham and say, I don't care, buddy. Choose whichever one you want. Wouldn't you like to be Paul who's able to say, I can work with anyone for their joy? Pastor, you really believe that? I really believe that. I really believe that with all my heart because of Jesus. So glad to be here, Jesus. We just want to respond to you, Jesus. We want to respond to your word. Thank you for its clarity. There are people in our lives that are broken and we're broken and sometimes they say yes and they mean no and sometimes they say no and they mean yes and it's hard to see all that through. We've been guilty of the same things, oh Lord. Sometimes we say yes one day and change our minds. People have done us the same way and relationships are not easy. But you're the master. You're the Lord. <laughs> you're the Lord of relationships. You know how to do them better than anybody from eternity. You've existed in relationship as Father, Son, Holy Spirit and you bring that into our lives that we might be reconciled not only to you but to one another some of us oh Lord have been hanging on to injuries 
I don't minimize the injury, but, but Lord, I pray that you would help us to allow you to heal it so that we might be able to begin to walk, walk in relationship with one another. If we've got that in our own homes, guys, will you think about how often you live in an injured relationship with your immediate family? Your wife does something and it feels like you're offended by it. And everything gets different from that point forward. Jesus, we want you to heal every bit of that. We want you to be the Lord of every bit of that. We want to begin to see you as the one who established relationships. This relationship is in, under the Lordship of Jesus. Would you take that difficult relationship that you could think in your own life right now and just put it under the Lordship of Jesus? Lord, would you take your hand and smear your holy presence on us somehow? I don't know how. Would you remind us that we belong to you? And so do they, by the way. And most of all, would you give us a down payment today, oh Lord? We can't leave today without a down payment. It's too easy to come to church and go away feeling like, well, I hope that's so. No, Lord, today we need a big down payment. We need the presence of the Spirit to move in our lives in such a way that's a huge guarantee that what the preacher said, what the Word says, is believable and dependable and I can walk on it. So I pray, oh Lord, for a huge down payment for everybody that's seeking it right now, somehow. It doesn't have to be a miraculous movement. It doesn't have to be something I feel from my head to my toe, but I've got to accept and believe God has a huge down payment for me today. And I accept it in the name of Jesus. Would you just accept that huge down payment right now in the name of Jesus? I accept that huge down payment, Lord. Begin to heal and restore and renew. Begin to release, O oh Lord, and redeem and rescue and draw us to Yourself, we pray. And may You help us this week, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the power of Jesus, through the anointing of Jesus, by the presence of the Holy Spirit to walk differently. May we walk with others for their joy. In the church, in our families, the workplace, in our neighborhoods, in a public setting. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. May we walk together with others for their joy. This we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the great big guaranteed Holy Spirit. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. May the Lord bless you all. Have a great Lord's Day.